So welcome to Cake Watch, episode 27. Cake Watch, the podcast about Brexit, um, keeping an eye on those who would have us eat cake and have it, eat, have cake and eat it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's wrong anyway. It should be, it should be, eat your cake and still have it. I mean, it's, the phrase is wrong anyway. It's wrong. It's wrong, yeah. My name is Chris Kendall. I'm uh, an EU official Eurocrat who works in Brussels, has done for donkey's ears um but that's not relevant i'm here in a strictly personal capacity I just happen to know a bit about the eu and i'm here with uh steve bullock i'm an ex-negotiator for the uk in the eu and uh, now a brexit geek for alan smith mep and i too am here in a strictly personal capacity but then since i'm self-employed i would be <laughs> so... <laughs> i saw brexit central were trying to get you sacked today steve it's your turn I well, thought, Central, don't encourage them. Breakfast Central haven't got onto it yet. I thought, good luck, good luck getting him sacked from his self-employed job as a music, <laughs> as a sound engineer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And from my temporary contract as an advisor <laughs> on, on Brexit, you know. No, it's great because you get this from time to time. And I always think you should just be as, you should just be as open as, as possible about these things. Yeah. Because, you know, if I got attacked um, for being... Uh, uh, it's normally a Soros stooge, isn't it? But this was going, aha, I've looked at your bio and I've seen that you worked for the European Commission. You, therefore, you must be completely <laughs> tainted. <laughs> You're absolutely tainted yeah. and you must be stuffing yourself to the guillotine. Yeah, it's like that, yeah, it's like the time Which that I'm they... Which I'm not, um, I, don't get a pen, I don't get a pension from... I was seconded to the... Well, even if you did, you know, I mean, it's like the time that I got busted by... for being a, an EU official, like, like it says in my bio. <laughs> <laughs> and like you say at the beginning of every podcast... <laughs> um, have we got uh, some follow-up? Yeah, we've got a bunch of follow-up, actually, um, because we didn't really do follow-up last week because we had too much to talk about with Tanya. Yeah, so, um So one thing that came out of the chat that we had with Tanya was that we were talking about EU citizens and the difficulties facing EU citizens and why we should all care. And I called it a Niemöller moment after uh, the German Lutheran uh, pastor Martin Niemöller, who took a stand against the Nazis and said, you know, first they came for X and I didn't do anything. And then they came for Y and then I didn't do anything. And eventually they came for Z and finally they came for me. Um, there was no one left. And there was no one left to defend me, um, which is, of course, a super famous saying. And somebody very rightly pulled me up on this on Twitter saying, well, hang on a second. Actually, they didn't come first for the EU citizens. The EU <laughs> citizens are well down the list of, you know, where we get to you know, in the progressive stages of, of <laughs> fascism. Um, yeah, yeah. First, they came for um, the wind, wind rush and, and, and the Commonwealth citizens and, and, and students on certain types of visas and so on. So, I mean, that, you know, fair point. I mean, that, yeah, I, correct. I yeah, uh, it's true, and I think that you know we we have to own up to the fact that many of us, I didn't really pay much attention, didn't perhaps speak up as we should have done, and now we're looking at a situation where it's our friends and our neighbours and our mums and our you know relatives and so on, and ourselves who are at the sharp end of all of this, and indeed you know it, it, it's a Nemo moment in 
but <laughs> further down the list. In rever- yeah, further down the line. Yeah. So, no, no, absolutely. And I, I mean, I absolutely admit that, I mean, I've always been pro-immigration. Um, I've always been anti-Theresa May, hostile environment, um, and that sort of stuff. I have to admit that I didn't realise how, how bad it was in general. But that's partly because I wasn't, um, I wasn't engaged in politics properly. And this is what happens yeah. when people don't engage in don't engage in politics, and I very much regret it. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's in reverse again. It's like you look at uh, what's happened to you, twenty-seven citizens, and then you work backwards and you read more and more, yeah. more and more about it, and you realise that this has been going on for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, and also, I think another point that was made about that as well is that, uh, which I think the person who pulled you up on it, or, or, or other people in that conversation on on Twitter made. Um, was that Jamie? Was that they should you know that the um a lot of Remain has gone with the narrative of the good and bad migrants, not intentionally, I don't think, but they have given the impression that when people are saying, which you know we have said, lots of us have said. Well, the UK could have controlled migration if it had wanted to from outside the EU. That was nothing to do with the EU and so on. In our eagerness to, in our eagerness to, uh, to, to def- defend the EU, um, I think it's fair to say that, uh, that lots of people have actually inadvertently promoted the narrative that there's good and bad migrants, promoted the narrative that migration is bad, mm-hmm. i.e., you could have, you know, you could have controlled it, and you should have controlled it. Okay. Um, and I think we, you know, we've seen this again, and we're seeing this m- m- again with people saying, "Oh, we can reform freedom of movement, and don't worry about the EEA because we can get an opt out on freedom of movement." Mm. You know, this is again we re- react against it when it's freedom when it's freedom of movement. But I think I think I think people are right that we should be reacting against it more widely because, as we've talked about loads of times, Chris. The worst thing about Brexit is not necessarily Brexit itself. The worst thing about Brexit mm. is the the the, the bubbling up of social attitudes, yeah. the end of civil society, um, the end of propriety in politics, and the, the no, othering of people. This is you know? this is much bigger than Brexit. Now, Brexit is the is the uh, f- uh, fire in which we all burn. But I mean, it, it's it's um, it, Brexit is now a, a, is is the battle on on. It's the battleground on which we're fighting a, a war. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm sorry for the martial um, yeah. imagery, what are you doing but, with that? <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, I, you, you hear this sometimes. I, I had a, a, a an exchange with a, a somebody I know from Ireland the other day who picked me up on the the. Was like, you know, really, you're, you're getting a little bit hysterical when you talk about the eu and you know you really want to invest so much energy in in defending it and and you and i'm like what what you don't get is that in the uk now this is part of something much bigger yeah exactly very very much so yeah and yeah no it really is it's a it's it's the fight of our lives it is and i'm i am as 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 you'll know i'm i'm an eu federalist i'm a european federalist i believe in the eu i have done all my life it's been the biggest issue of my political life um so i'm definitely out there on 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 the eu but this is still much bigger than that this this is this is much bigger than that it really really is yeah i mean from 
from my point of view, I, uh, which I think I've also said in said in past episodes, <clears throat> what the, what Brexit going ahead is doing is it's telling people that this is okay. It's telling people that this is the way things are now. <clears throat> that the way you win is by lying, is by scapegoating, is by othering, is by dirty tricks, is by breaking electoral law. Yeah. This is the way that you win. And the, and the people who did this are the winners. And the people who supported them are the winners. And the people who opposed it are the losers. Raphael Baer did a yes. brilliant article in The Guardian this week. Um, and I've been saying that the government's been gaslighting yeah. the population for a long time. Um, and he did a brilliant article on it, on yes. exactly that, actually from a slightly different perspective to the one I, the one I've been taking. But, um, but yeah, but he, he really, he pointed this out that this is, you know, this is the, they're trying to normalize it. It's becoming the new, it's becoming the new normal. Yeah. Well, I wanted to mention that article actually. You're right. Because, um, indeed he, he used the term gaslighting and it was put into the strap line, I think, that the Guardian used. It was a really, really good article. Got, got quite a lot of pickup. Um, from mainstream journalism, and uh, I wanted to say that yeah, that they he rather borrowed the line that you I think I can't remember anybody else coming up with it before you, but the the, the line about the gaslighting, which um, oh, actually, there's an account called um, online called, Ga- called Gaslighting Gilligan. Yes, but, I've but seen it. well, it's not. I mean, you didn't invent the, the term gaslighting, but in the context of Brexit. No, I think I think he 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 was probably the first. To, I could be, yeah, yeah. Quite, quite, quite a while yeah. ago, actually, but, um, but no, no, I certainly picked up on it, and I'm, gl- I'm glad that people are, I'm glad that people are that it's mainstreaming it. a bit, and people are seeing. Well, that it's the best defence you can have against gaslighting is understand that you're being gas, you know, you're being gaslit. That's, yeah, yeah. that's how you once understand. You, it. Once you know, then it all makes sense, yeah. and you can go back to accepting reality, yeah. actual reality, rather than the reality that they're trying to get yeah. you to. Um, I mean, but for, sorry for people who don't know what gaslighting is. Gaslighting is a term that comes from, I think, a play in... Mm. Yes, it is a play in, or a book. I think it's a play in the 30s. Um, <clears throat> and what gaslighting is a form of uh, emotional abuse mm. where you, uh, you convince... Uh, the, the abuser convinces the abused that the reality that they see is not... Yeah. Is not, is not real. That... Um, that they're that they're mad basically yeah. that if they that if they think the reality they're seeing is real yeah. they're mad you're and hysterical. they convince them yeah, you're hysterical, hysterical woman or you're you're you're, you're you you must be schizo you're you're you're, you're psychotic you're yeah. you're uh, you, yeah you're you're raving and you hear this all the time from people I've I've seen it so many times just today oh, people yeah, saying God, yeah. um, you know because I I retweeted an image that somebody sent me which was. Um, it was a shocking image and it was certainly out there, but it was an image of a child wearing a blue star on, on, on her clothing. And she, she was, the context was, um, you, an EU citizen, or this child, an EU citizen was being forced to wear some kind of insignia in the way that Jews were made to wear the yellow star during, you know, in, in the third Reich. And, and, and this got picked up and people were taking great offense at this, whether, real or feigned saying well what you're doing there is you're um insulting the memory of jewish victims of the holocaust and it's it's anti-semitic and look <laughs> what? yeah yeah but what they, and, and and from there it what? went on to say well you're being absolutely hysterical nobody's talking about carting you off to death camps and and you people are absolutely fine you're only leaving a trade blocks for for god's sake and it was it was classic gaslighting 
yeah, yeah, you're being yeah, hysterical. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong. You EU citizens are at perfectly okay. You're all perfectly fine. You're not being asked. Not, nothing's happening to you that should give you any cause for concern whatsoever. You're being hysterical. It's classic you're being answer. hysterical. Absolutely, yeah. 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 No, no, and we saw this. I mean, I, I, I called May's conference speech gaslighting as well. Mm. Um, you know, when, when somebody says no deal is better than a bad deal, they are gas, they're gaslighting because it's simply absolutely, mm. not, absolutely not true and provably, provably untrue. And what they're asking people to accept things that are, that, are, that are against the reality that people will, can and will see with their own eyes. They're asking you not to accept the evidence of your yeah. own eyes. Um, so I'm really glad Raphael Baer, and uh, he did a much better article on it than I would have, because, I mean, he's really brilliant well, as well. Good, so. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, not yeah, that you absolutely. are, Steve, but he, he's, um, he's, he's very good at his job. But yeah. I'm pleased, not, and I saw they got retweeted by some, by, by some really uh, deep-thinking people, and, and actually yeah. um, some people who aren't natural, don't naturally agree with Raphael Baer yeah. articles, I, I would say, as well. So, um, so no, no, I was really, I was really, get it out, really, really pleased about that, actually. Um, Not pleased that it's happening. It's yes. catastrophic that it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, but on the <clears throat> on the on the citizens thing, I think I think R- Romana should be. It, it, we were right to be picked up on it, and I think I think Romana should be careful um, uh, about allowing more divisions to be made. Um, you know, and and participating in those in 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 those divisions being made between you know categories of people. Yeah, indeed. To take away this, you know, good immigrant, bad immigrant. But that said, not just not just not participate in that in in that discussion. You know, I agree. But but that said, Steve, there's also a risk that people say, well, you know, um, you've got it so good. You know, you're you're from these rich countries. You're um, you, look at look at how well off you are compared to people coming from, let's say, Asia or, you know, Africa. Um, you don't need our support. Um, that's something also we need to guard against because these, that, we need to show support. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking with my UK hat in here. As it was, mm. We need to show support to our friends and neighbours and uh, co-workers and who, who, are, who are EU citizens because what they're experiencing is deeply distressing. And so, um, you know, I wouldn't want in any way to dilute the really powerful message that Tanya delivered last week uh, on the podcast. No, 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 of course and, not. No, yeah, and so I wanted to say that, you know, what, um, I don't think we actually said it. And they're not the- identical questions. They're not identical questions. I mean, this is a question of people having rights, having rights which they hold yeah. and which are reciprocal rights taken away from them. Yeah. So, um, you know, so this is a, that's, a, that's a very specific question as well. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so what I wanted to say, which we didn't actually say on the podcast itself, but um, please go and visit um, the website that I put in the episode notes last week, EU Citizens Champion. Um, so you can search for EU Citizens Champion, um, which is... Uh, website which i think tanya runs actually doesn't she yes yeah, she does yes. um and she she mounted a really terrific campaign over the summer to raise awareness and raise some um, money so that um she could carry on uh, she and the people that are working with her can carry on the job of raising awareness of the plight of eu citizens making sure that other eu citizens are aware of what's coming their way and 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 yeah, well, I think the information provision is really important yeah. because the government's not doing this properly. So, so well, I, I did say on on uh, Twitter that 
you know, we don't ask for any money for this. We don't raise any money for this uh, podcast. We, we, and we're not going to, we're not, that's not the game we're in. But if no. you ever did think, well, you know what? I quite enjoy listening to this. I wouldn't mind just bunging a, you know, a couple of quid um, at these guys. Um, well, don't, don't, don't bung it at us, but have, you know, consider supporting EU Citizens Champion. Yep, absolutely. Also, um, Tanya got some horrific abuse, and I was very, very upset as a result of the podcast. Yeah, well. Thus, <laughs> thus uh, showing the proof yeah, of exactly what exactly. she talked about in the podcast. Um, and yeah, I was, quite, I was quite disgusted by the thought that yeah. some arsehole fits and listens to the entire pod, sat and listened to the entire podcast to find something to come and attack Tanya with. Um, I felt, yeah, I felt pretty, uh, pretty disgusted about that. Mm. So if any, if any of our listeners are thinking of doing something like that, um, sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but if any, yeah, if any of our listeners are thinking of, of, of doing something like that, we'd like to have this opportunity to formally say, go and fuck yourselves and stop listening to our podcast with a nobly stick. <laughs> That could that could be three or four three or four of our twelve or thirteen listeners that we've lost right there, Chris. I didn't know I didn't know you got bots following you on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What's next? Um, well, um, yeah. Um, the other the next thing is that it's actually linked to what we were talking about. Another thing that you we were talking about a sales pitch and trust and goodwill. And you were talking about your dad being involved in sales and yeah. about, you know, um, you need trust. You need to build a relationship because um, you can lie your way to a sale, but when you've done that, you've broken trust and you're not going to sell another. Absolutely. And we were talking about that and, and about why it's important in politics to um, follow the high ground, to make sure that you establish trust, um, build a brand. But of course, <laughs> in the discussion that we had afterwards, not on the podcast, the point was made with a referendum, with a one deal, one shot referendum. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to do that. You can exactly. lie. Exactly. You just off. need the sale. You exactly. just need you just the sale. And once it's done, what you then say is, well, it's the will of the people. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. It's unchangeable. That's it. It's done deal. Finished. And that, of course, is exactly why people, <laughs> the people who delivered that con, that confidence trick are so desperate to avoid another one. They, they don't want to have a people's vote. They don't want to have a final say because they can't do it twice. Well, of course, having, um, having asked for having, having taken someone's money for, uh, doing their drive, you don't, <laughs> you don't wait a year and go back to the same house. Do you? Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. Is that what, is that what your dad used to do? <laughs> Actually, you know, what he was on our fidget, our fidget pet, wasn't he? <laughs> Oh, he could have been actually. He, um, uh, he, he, my dad, <laughs> when my dad became a, decided he wanted to become a salesman, he asked, he was working in a furniture shop and he asked the, the, the boss, who was the only one who had a car, you know, um, he asked him what the hardest thing to sell was. And, um, the guy said encyclopedias. So my dad applied for a job selling encyclopedias because he thought if he could learn to sell them, he could learn to sell absolutely anything. And he always used to tell me this story, you know, with great pride. And I have to think about it. And I think, you know, I know exactly what this was. I know exactly what this was. This was, 
This is getting people to, people who couldn't afford it to sign up to fucking 27 yeah. volumes of an encyclopedia. Britannica. Because they were scared that the little Johnny wasn't... Yeah. Uh, it was essential for little Johnny's uh, education, you know? Yeah. You think, oh, sh- sh- yeah. <laughs> shit. So that, but that's the one-time sale. Yeah. You know, the con man at the door is, yeah. the, is, the, is the one-time, one-time sale. The spivs and shysters. Yeah. Um, and... Again, you know, we always, I, we've talked about Remainer, this great account, Remainer Now, mm. I want to give a sh- shout out to, who I think do great work. And actually they're publishing, they're publishing some videos I happen to know, and um, I want to give them a shout out and we'll retweet those when, when they come around. You know, but people are still giving people who've changed their minds grief. Yeah. And this is something, this, this is something that really, that, that, that really, really annoys me, you know? And this is exactly what you say. It's easy to be conned on a one time. Mm. It's much harder to be conned. Uh, repeatedly, mm. and you should blame the con men and spivs who did it, not the people who were mm. the people who were taken in by it. You know, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then the the only other thing I wanted to mention up top of the podcast um, is the march on the twentieth of October. We haven't yes. we haven't really talked about it, and there's a reason that we haven't really talked about it because we're both yeah, we're deeply, deeply embarrassed, feeling deep guilt about the fact that yeah. neither of us is actually going to be able to go on it this time, which is really no. terrible. I'm, it's very yeah, disappointing. I'm, no, it's, I am actually gutted about that. I'm, I really am because I, I I I really wanted to go on this one big time. But um, well, uh, what we should what what anybody who can't make it should do is they should find somebody who can't go. Or can't afford to, uh, somebody who can't afford to go, or for live somewhere where buses don't go. You know, the buses, the coaches don't go from. Um, and they should give them, if they can, the money they would yeah. have spent on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least that way, you know. Yeah. People know that uh, they're being they're being represented, and they're not harming the numbers. You yeah. Know? Well, what I'm doing, I mean, I have tried that <laughs> proxy marching, proxy marching, proxy march for me, hashtag march for me. That's march well, for I've me. Yes, that. Um, and um, I've. Yes, I found lots of fantastic people saying, "Well, I'll definitely march for you," but I was going to be marching anyway. <laughs> like, okay. yeah. So I haven't actually found anybody who was like, "Well, no, I wasn't going to march, but now I will." However, yeah. I have found plenty of people that um, have very kindly said that they will uh, write my name or something that they'll carry. Uh, yeah, and what, well, I'm, what I've done is I've um, I'm, I'm sending a couple of t-shirts out to people. Uh, oh, brilliant! But by the time you hear this, those t-shirts would have been bought and posted. So, yeah. You mean you're doing it next time? Morning? No, I've done it. I've done it. I've, oh, you've done uh, yeah, it. Yeah, wow, I've done it. Cool. Did it today. Went to the um, went to the Parliament shop today. I went. Oh, that's a there's an anecdote. I went to the Parliament. So the Parliament's got a gift shop. The European yes. Parliament. I love it. It's really good. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, and it's <laughs> and got a. Fun. It's a novel. There's a new section in the Parliament gift shop, Steve. I don't know if you saw my tweet mm-hmm. that I, I tweeted it at lunchtime. I was in there at lunchtime. There's a new section in the corner. It's uh, Bargain Corner. It's 30% off, 40% off. And there's a little cardboard stand. And on (laughs) this cardboard stand, (laughs) there are five or six items. And I will tell you what three of those items were. (laughs) No, no, I don't think I want to know. (laughs) One was a little plush doll of Kate. Like, what's her name? Princess Kate. The, The wife of the... Of what's his face, Princess Prince. Kate Middleton. Yeah, Kate Middleton, the Duchess of the Duchess of Cambridge. Cambridge, that's it. Yeah. An- well done, Chris. Another was a guidebook to London, <laughs> <laughs> and the third was a mug with the Cross of Saint George on it. <laughs> 
They never sold any of those things. They've got those things in deliverably. <laughs> Which well, that's people. what that's what um, that's what Gawain Towler said. When uh, yeah, so Gawain, never, I don't know if you guys know Gawain. Gawain was the yeah, former yeah. press officer for UKIP and a great favourite of many people in Brussels because, um, despite his slightly dodgy employers and views, um, he's uh, is a diamond. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. You've you've. <laughs> You do keep some funny company. I do, I do don't I? But that guy, you know, he, he's somebody that um, always, I think, sort of had a reasonably uh, centred view of the world and himself and was, knew how to took, take a joke. And, yeah. Which you couldn't well, say for uh, most of us. Well, yeah. So, yeah, yes, there you go. March, March. Yeah, please God's go on sake, March. March. You know, please go on March. <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't. I live in the, yeah. Well, there are, I mean, there, we've got perfectly good and valid reasons for not being able to go this time, Steve, but um, even so, I still still wish I was going, and I really hope that everybody listening to this is going, and, yeah. Will you, would you even be able to get there, uh, what, with the M26 being closed? <laughs> Did you see that? That seamless segue into the... <laughs> into another, into another subject. Into my, into my next rant... So yeah, so so Kent Traffic um, announced a couple of days ago that the M26 is going to be closed for most of the period between now and the 29th of March. Quite coincidentally, 20, 29th of March. Is that the end date? Is the 29th? That's March? the end date of the work <laughs> that they're. That, yeah. Fucking so else. they're setting. Hang on, they're setting a deadline of break. They're not. You're going to set it a week a week uh, early in case they're slippage. The they're setting actually the day. Okay. So so um, okay. So um, the M26 is it's a spur. So if you imagine the M25, it's the it's the it's the motorway that the goes M25 all the way. Around, the motorway that goes, that goes right London. the way around London. So the M25 goes right the way around London. The um, M20 goes from South East London down to the Channel Tunnel and Dover. The M26 closes that triangle. So if you're coming from south, from, from the south of the UK or south London, if you're coming around the southern part of the M25 orbital motorway, um, that gives you the, the the direct route to the channel. It's um, it's a quite an important artery actually, uh, and it's a road that I use obviously twice a week um, when I go to and from Brussels. It goes to it goes to uh, Eurotunnel. Yeah. Um, so it had been previously suggested that the M26 could be used as a, as a holding area for, 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 yeah, for, for freight making its way to the Channel Tunnel in the event of um, a no-deal Brexit. Mm. Um, and it, there's something called Operation Stack, which is where the – when there's a block, blockage at the, at, at, at the channel, um, in the channel ports, um, and there's a build-up of, of traffic – uh, freight traffic. Uh, Operation Stack means that um, they'll close a lane of the M20 or even two lanes of the M20 and they'll hold all the lorries there. Um, and, um, yeah, and it's, it's the equivalent of keeping the plane circling yeah, yeah, one above the other. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's an absolute fucking nightmare, um, <clears throat> as I know to my cost. But um, the, the forecast for, for a no-deal Brexit would be Operation Stack on steroids. And what they've done is they've, they've, they've been working on something called Operation Brock, Brock um, is a name for badger, isn't it? Um, nothing at all to do with Brexit. We were assured um, until <laughs> until it became until the name leaked. 
they called it Operation Brock, and then somebody dug out an internal um, doc, memo, doc yeah. memo saying operational Brexit. What was that? Brexit Operation for Relief in Kent or something. <laughs> Brexit Relief Operation Kent. So yeah. <laughs> Nothing to do with Nothing Brexit. To do with Nothing Brexit. to see here. Please move along. So, on the, so Operation Brock um, is what would kick in 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 the event of a No Deal Brexit. But uh, we, we, you know, let's be honest: it's, it, we're talking about more than a No. I mean, it, it, pretty much any deal you're going to get traffic build up because yeah. in, in pretty much any deal you're going to have uh, more more complicated customs checks and uh, the whole thing's going to snarl up. So anyway, no, there no, are really, I mean, it's, the it's the difference between a quarter of a way to London, half a way to yeah. London, three quarters of a way to London. I mean, so anyway, yeah. a couple of days ago, they announced M26, boom, closed for the next uh, next next three or four months until Brexit Day. Um, and it's not clear whether they're closing it, closing it, like permanently, or whether they're just closing it overnight. Either way, it's... Um, I think that I, I just I think it's shocking because it brings it home. Bre- yeah, shit yeah, got real. Brexit's Brexit's here. This is what you're doing is you're shutting down a key uh, part of your national road infra- infrastructure. You know, yep, a key yep. part of the main artery carrying the economy, you know, connecting the economy to its largest market. Um, why? It's self-inflicted. We're doing this yep. to ourselves. I mean, I'm pissed off because it's going to you know f- fuck up my commute. It's well, I mean, it's, it's an artery. It's an artery for goods for the entire, it, yes, yes. For the entire country. I mean, there is an alternative route. I mean, it, which on a good day with no traffic would, it, you know, it's an, it adds twenty minutes to the journey. But when you've got the entirety of the country's trade flowing in and out, <laughs> this is going to be a great deal more than twenty minutes because it, there's a bottleneck. Because in order to use that, you know, when you're on the M25 and then the M26 and then the M20. It's seamless, you know. There's no, you don't come off the motorway. There's junction. It's 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 seamless. Whereas to go M25 Junction Three down onto the A20, uh, sorry, stay awake, listeners. Um, <laughs> you, you, you have to go through a red light and then get onto a roundabout and then come and go through another red light. So th- th- we're talking about a very serious. There's no way that that junction can handle that amount of traffic. Anyway, you must tell us that story again sometime, Chris. <laughs> Bottom line, bottom line, is it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Particularly for Chris, but also for the entire rest of the country whose goods are stored. In fact, and and the, something else came out, which seems to be true. I think it was, Peter, was it Peter Foster that broke it? It was in the Times, I think, wasn't it? But it did actually seem to be true that they're planning uh, to have oh, slaughterhouses yes. buy it yeah. for sheep. Yeah. So that because of animal welfare considerations, because they yeah. could be stuck for so long. Yeah. I mean, for days yeah. and days that they need to be, that they need to be slaughtered. It's to kill, be cruel the, to keep them kill alive. the animals who, who are stuck, yeah. stuck there waiting. Yeah. So we've got that. We've also got, um, the government hiring, uh, resilience coordinators. Yes. Um, for 50, what, three or four of them at 50,000, 50,000 pounds a year. Um, to, to coordinate, you know, the resilience efforts in the event of Brexit. You're like, <laughs> it's government policy to have Brexit. And you're having to oh, hire people to well, do this. Then we've had, uh, 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 yeah, we have a minister for food uh, stockpiling. I mean, Jesus well, Christ, guys, come on. What? This is by choice. This is being done by choice. This doesn't, we don't, we don't have to do this. Yeah. Simon Fraser, our former boss, um, the former... Um, 
head of the Foreign Office um, gave evidence at a Brexit Committee today, uh, House oh. Comms Committee, um, and was asked about advice that he gave Dominic Raab when Dominic Raab was a backbencher member of the committee. Mm. Um, and they'd had a, they'd had a disagreement that Dominic Raab had been saying that Brexit would lead to a smaller state, smaller civil service. Simon Fraser yes, had yes. said, uh, no, it, it, it was it in will, the committee. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Simon Fraser had said, no, it'll probably lead to uh, larger, more, more, more bureaucracy, more rotate, larger civil service. Well, he was asked about that again today. He was asked, <laughs> how do you feel that stood up to? <laughs> it was, and that's worth a watch. That is worth a watch. That was, uh, he, 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 he relished, he relished, yeah. it. he relished that question. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those beautiful, I told you so moments. Yeah. When, when they're busy hiring resilience officers to, uh, help tidy up the chaos and civil yeah. discord. And these, and these are people being hired. These aren't people who will be activated in the event of no deal. You know, the motorway is being closed before Exactly, it's happening. it's happening. Be, yeah, it's happening it's now. Happening. It's actually happening. It's, happening. it's like that bit in Foldy Towers. You remember when uh, people's friends are sitting around um, discussing what to do about, um, no, about the, Brian, 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 Brian being life, sentenced life to, Brian, to, not, to... Not, not Brian, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, when they're sitting around, say, what, what, should, what should we do? It. You know, yeah, it's happening, Reg. It's actually happening. All you have to do is go out there and stop the Romans nailing him up. <laughs> it's actually happening. You know, and the clerk sitting there going, "Does this mean a new motion? Yes, completely new motion. Absolutely." You know, and they sit down to argue over wording. <laughs> it's actually happening. It's it's happening, and. I know it's a little thing, and obviously it affects it's me personally. It's a little thing, closing a main artery of the. Well, it's 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 one of, of it's one thing, isn't it? It's one thing, but it's a very symbolic, very. Um, it, it really brought it home to me. This is happening. This is coming down the the the, the rails at us really fast. And a very good friend of mine said the day after the sorry, I'm yawning. Sorry, um, the day after the day after the referendum, a very good friend of mine said that the big tragedy of it was that there probably wouldn't be a Big Bang. Mm. All there would be would be a poorer, a, a country poorer and worse off mm. um, and worse um, in 10 years' time. Mm. And you know, this is it. As you say, it's yeah. only a little thing closing the M26. It's a fucking huge thing. And then there'll be another thing and then there'll be yeah, another exactly. thing and then there'll be another yeah. thing, you know. And that, this is the, uh, the, boi up. the boiling of frog, yeah. you know. Um, that before the frog realises how hot the water is, yeah. uh, he's unable to get out, so... Should we do our sponsor? We have the return yeah, of the sponsor. We haven't had a sponsor for ages. We have a really excellent sponsor this week as well. Oh, I'm do you very pleased with this yeah. sponsor. Do you want to read this? Should I read it? Yeah, actually? go on, you do it. It's in my, it's in my Ballywick, I think. Yeah, this yeah, this is your comfort zone. Okay. So I'm very excited about this, um, the, the sponsor that we have this week. Uh, this week we're sponsored by Wandsworth for Europe. Now, there are lots of um, for Europe groups around the country, um, and they're all fantastic, but... Uh, Ones with Europe is a little bit special because they have brewed their own pro-European pale ale. Now, this is a campaign that I can get on board with. Um, and the pale ale is rather brilliantly called the Four Freedoms. Um, they say that they are now trying to launch it properly so it can be produced commercially by our friendly local brewer in Brixton, Clarkshaws. To help to kick this off, they're having a launch party on the 19th of October, the night before the big people's vote march. The event will be held in Loughborough Junction, 
Stroke Brixton in central Lambeth. Uh, I don't understand what any of that means. I'm from the north. Um, that, that sounds like three different town names. And Lam- Lambeth is, is the borough and, and Loughborough Junction is a part of Brixton. It's just next to Brixton. Don't worry. Everybody knows what it means. Loughborough Junction, Brixton in central Lambeth, London, and is open to all <laughs> subject to availability. If you're in town that night, do feel free to come along or pass the invite to interesting people. Or interested people, I think, as well. Not just interesting Yeah, that people. bit was addressed to us, not to the, was that, was not that, to the listeners. Oh, that was addressed to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. I, I just sort of cut and pasted their email, so it's fine. They're not <laughs> inviting everybody, but I think they... Well, maybe they I are. Think, I think they are, yeah. Aren't they? <laughs> was I not Subject, meant to Subject to availability. No, Subject what? to availability. Yeah. So if you're interested, I mean, I have to say that I'm always interested in a new beer. How could you not be interested in this? I think you need to get in touch with um, Wandsworth for Europe and we'll uh, give them a link. And, yep. uh, yeah, go and try their beer. Brilliant. Oh, stop Brexit with beer. Oh, it's, a, it's a dream come true. And I bet it'll be, I bet it'll be brilliant as well. Um, Inevitably. Inevitably, absolutely. Proper hipster um, remainers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They probably sell it in two-thirds of a pint glasses. That hip, I would imagine, one for for Europe, and so you should, because thirty-three centiliters, as we know, is the correct amount of beer. That's how it should be, exactly. So, yeah. So, uh, wax your moustache, mount your (laughs) electric scooter, and make your your way on on your two short trousers, (laughs) and make your way to the junction. Absolutely. Um, And now I'm going to give another shout out because I was uh, the reason I was yawning earlier is I was at an event earlier at the European Parliament by. Uh, in Limbo um, so I was going to give them a big shout out In Limbo is a series of books there are now two, bo- two, two In Limbo books uh, which are testimonies of the uh, three million, well, more than three million but of uh, EU citizens in the UK and UK citizens overseas not just in the EU, UK citizens uh, over- overseas in general um, and how uh, Brexit has impacted their lives, their, their health, their emotional health and it's, uh, yeah, it's te- they call it testimonies, and it is testimonies of, of, of how it has impacted on them and how they expect it to, to impact on them. And it's an extremely powerful, uh, it's an extremely powerful way to get people to realise that Brexit is personal and Brexit is not mm. just about GDP and tariff rates and all that kind of stuff um, and withdrawal agreements and, and all that. Actually, Brexit has a, a massive personal, personal element and has caused untold uh, unhappiness for uh, for hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, already. Yeah, um, already. So, but this is... A, the other thing is that it's also a joint, um, a joint thing between the three million, which is uh, representing EU citizens in the UK and, uh, the, and British in Europe, and also um, <clears throat> other groups, including... Uh, Rexbats here, I say, and uh, and some others, and they gave an absolutely amazing. I have to say, I was in absolutely buckets of tears. It mm. was an absolute emotional roller coaster, and there will be video of it apparently. Um, so we'll publicise that when when it comes along. But uh, we'll put the link to this, and if you want to go and have, they have a website as well, and with the testimonies, or you can contribute by buying the book, um, or buying the book and sending it to your MP. I think would be a good idea as well. Um, so uh, yeah, please have a please have a look at that. So the reason, Steve, that you were yawning is not because this was in any way boring uh, or sent you to sleep. Quite the opposite. It was it drained you. It was it was absolutely yeah. Draining. It was incredibly emotionally draining. And what they did is they got um, there's a good lesson here as well. They got people to 
individual people to read out the, the testimonies. Now, it wasn't the people who had. It wasn't. In fact, in one case, it was the person who'd written it actually. But um, it weren't, they weren't the people who 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 written them. But they got a different person to read out each one, and it was, yeah, it was really uh, it was really deeply affecting. And uh, so this is hosted by uh, by uh, Seb Dance, uh, the Labour MEP, and Molly Scott Cato, the Green MEP. Um, and what was I was there with a few uh, a, a few of our friends actually, Chris. Yeah. Um, and what we were talking about, what we talked about at it was that you know Dominic Rab and the Prime Minister should be, should be forced to sit in the room and listen yeah. to this. They yeah. should be forced to to, uh, to see the personal the personal impact, the collateral yeah. damage they that, really they're, that, they, that they're causing. And then you know, and they've refused to meet both. Yeah. Both have refused to meet the no. the the two groups of three million and the and and the British in Europe and no. yeah I, this was really uh, don't know how, yeah. again what kept coming up was that we didn't have to do this um, and that it was part of a wider a wider othering um, a wider uh, people <laughs> people talked about feeling like they weren't British enough mm. you know that there's now some fucking measure of whether you're British enough. Mm. It's gone beyond whether you're British or not. Mm. <laughs> so you're not even British enough now. Mm. Um, and yeah, and what this does for society and and uh, and and wider Europe as well, and mm. where they're going. So it was it was extremely <coughs> emotionally extremely emotionally draining. But please do have a look at this if you um, if you get the get the chance to. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry I wasn't there, but I'm in in a way almost I'm not sorry because I think it would have been. You know, I would have found that very upsetting, and um, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, we have. It was you know, very we, 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 there's a lot of this in our lives. We have to also surface yeah, tell people to leaving time. because they're um, also. You know, we, we people don't people don't see people don't see it. You know, there were tales of people being, uh, you know, make, a mixed Romanian and British family being abused in their local supermarket and. Having got so much living living in a very leave area and and um and having and getting so much abuse on a on a on a weekly and daily basis that they felt they had to that they felt they had to move and that the the Romanian in the relationship simply didn't want to be in no and who can blame the UK anymore, who can blame you know? them and this is what I was talking about earlier we, I, I mentioned earlier that um, somebody had sent me this graphic this graphic picture of, of a child wearing a blue star and sort of obviously a reference to the war and, and, and the situation of Jews in oh. Germany uh, during the war and, and and how that had prompted this very aggressive reaction from um, certain people who felt that this was inappropriate and offensive and completely failed to get on any level what yeah. this is doing to EU citizens and to not just EU citizens, I mean, to people. Just completely on any level failing to and dismissing and belittling this impact. And that's why events like this are so important. But also, it's like you say, how do you get this in front of the people that need to see this and need to hear this? Yeah. yeah. Well, who, because they, they are 
Li- are they just ignoring it? They Do they see it and they're just ignoring, ignoring it? it? Do they just not give a shit? Yes. Or are they deliberately avoiding well, I th- it? I think there's a combination of factors here. I think a lot of it is, a, is, is that, you know, what they're, 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 they're not going to change. They know they're not going to change their mind, so they don't want to hear this because it makes them uncomfortable. It, 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 so it's, it's a cognitive dissonance thing, isn't it? It's, you know, yeah. So I think the case with people like, I mean, we read this last week about Theresa May doesn't read the newspapers anymore because she finds it too, <laughs> too distressing and distressful. Yeah, yeah, well, well we all fucking, fucking do, yeah. you know. Wow. <laughs> you know, it was also, so... <laughs> there was a brilliant bit in there where, where uh, one of the most affecting ones, actually, was... Um, uh, it was almost a prose poem, actually, and it was based around... Uh, we... Uh, uh, we want to get rid. Of, we want to get rid of people like you, people just like you, but not you. Mm. Yeah. You're different. Yeah. We didn't yeah. mean you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and yeah, yeah. This yeah. is. Uh, yeah. I've, yeah. I don't want to sound depressive, you know, but at a certain point, you've got to start wondering whether the EU is better off without. Uh, better off without the UK. I've, I've, I've been, I've been feeling. Yeah, I have been entertaining those thoughts these these last few days a lot, actually, and I, I it's it's sad. I don't want to because there's nothing that I can do in my own personal life to get rid of this problem. Um, this problem is going to hit me one way or the other. I mean, some people can walk away from it, and I don't blame them for doing that. But, but there's still a, I mean, very few do can really. You still have family and friends, and yeah. you, people still have family and friends, and. Yeah, but I mean, maybe it's a question that's be- maybe it's a question that's simply not best asked because it's not us. Yeah, I think I think it's I not us. Right. It's not us that, that should answer it, and we have to keep going for the sake going. of for the sake of our country, even if it were true. I think. And you know, if 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 as sometimes feels inevitable, we do end up leaving in a very short time. Um, it's not inevitable. We have to remember it's not inevitable. We can still. We can still keep fighting mm. for this. There, are, there is still uh, uh, some hope, and therefore we need to keep fighting it. But should we leave, <laughs> then then comes then then at least we'll know where we are, and then we have to re regroup, and then we work out well what do we do now? What what do we do now to to, to turn this around and to get our country back? And and that will be yep. a different struggle and a different fight. And you know, we maybe that we'll get. And actually, out. stopping Brexit itself wouldn't be enough anyway. No. Indeed. So we, it would, we, that we will be a, get there. That one would way be the a other. first step, and we'll need another first step instead. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is depressing. But let's let's talk about uh, stopping Brexit, and <laughs> let's look. Should we <laughs> should we talk a bit about um, what's happening next week? It's a big week. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I was um, looking at the. List well, it was of, meant to be happening this week. That's the first. Yes. Yeah. No, I was looking at I was looking at the list of events in Brussels next week, and the the big Brexit Council is some way down the list of major events happening in Brussels next week. It's going to be a nightmare for us in the European quarter because we've got uh, Foreign Affairs Council, we've got the Brexit Council, we've got the European Council, we've got a summit with um, Korea, we've got. Um, the Asia Europe meeting. We've got an, an ASEAN summit. We've got. It's going to be crazy. So anyway, it's going to be a busy week. But in Brexit terms, it's it's the big week. It's the big week, which is um, this is the one that everybody's this been. Is when it was meant to be done by. Yeah, this is where yeah. it was meant to be done done by. This is where the withdrawal agreement was meant to be signed, sealed, delivered. Here we go, European Parliament. To be transmitted to yeah. Parliament. Here yeah. we go, European Parliament, uh, national parliaments um, ratify this so that we can get everything sewn up 
by the 29th of March and have an orderly Brexit. So, all sorts of rumours, all sorts of reports. Oh, it's just endless rumours. I mean, they've almost, in a certain sense, there's nothing to talk about mm. because there's so many rumours that are conflicting. I mean, this morning, Robert Preston, Robert Preston said that there was a, uh, he had on good authority that the, the withdrawal of agreement itself was done. Mm. <clears throat> then around Brussels tonight, mm. um, I heard very different, <laughs> very mm. different rumours. Mm. Um, the uh, so I mean we we're expecting to find out what's going on on Tuesday, right? Is that- well, who knows? I mean, by the time that we get this podcast edited and published, and <laughs> it'll all change. Anyway. <laughs> it'll all change anyway. But um, well, who knows? I mean, I honestly, I, I have to say that um, the unique selling point of this podcast is supposed to be well, we're Brussels insiders and we're here. And we <laughs> yeah. know, quite honestly, I'm just yeah, that's I'm the one so time lost in all this stuff, stuff now. I, you know, I'm, I'm just so lost in all this. I what is clear? What is up. clear though is how deep that this isn't actually necessarily the big week because. Um, Firstly, there won't be agreement on the... We know that there won't be agreement on the political declaration on a future relationship. They're not aiming to have that done, um, I hear. So it'll only be the withdrawal agreement itself. Um, So that'll be basically the thing, the the, the main thing to to solve, not the only thing, but the main thing to solve on that is the Irish backstop. Now, we know at that point whether the DUP are going to destroy it or not. Um, and bring down the government and vote against the... They, they're threatened to vote against the budget, yeah. which is generally used as a, a confidence, confidence... considered a confidence vote. Um, so it might all be moot anyway, because the government will have fallen, because the DUP will have um, uh, revolted. But will they? I mean, will, will I mean, they actually? A, will the DUP revolt? B, if they do revolt, will um, there be um, a majority against the government? Because there may be people on the Labour benches who decide that they want to support the government. And even if there is, even if the government does lose, for example, the budget vote, will they resign? Because they don't have to. Probably not. Because no, the, no probably the, not. We're, we're in, it's only convention. It's yeah. only convention. As we know, convention counts for nothing these days. And with Theresa May and, and the way that she's been approaching this entire process, yeah. um, I have absolutely no expectation whatsoever that she would just sort of say, right, well, that's it, we're going to... All the way through this process, people, including me, keep, make, keep making the same, exactly that mistake of saying, oh, well, the government would have to fall if that happened. Yeah. You say, what do you mean the government would have to fall? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, you need a vote, you need a, a vote of two-thirds in the House of Commons to call an election yeah. under the Fixed-Term Parliament yeah. Act. exactly. Um, and, and that has to be introduced by the government. Mm-hmm. I think it is possibly worth remembering that... Um, that may lied to the Queen about having DUP support when she didn't, or at Mm. least misled the Queen um, when they were negotiating with the DUP. And it was actually another two... So the Queen told her to go and form a government, and um, uh, uh, and she said that she had the support of DUP, and she didn't, and it took another two weeks to to sort out. And this was seen as a massive affront by the... Oh, God, we have a weird constitution. But this was seen as a massive affront by, by the palace. Um, and you do wonder that if the uh, if the government if if the government then loses the support of the people that they said that that they have the, that then they've they've said they need the support of to form a government, um, 
then you do wonder what happens. We're certainly pl- if they don't have an election, we're certainly plunging into a constitutional crisis. But then again, this whole thing is a constitutional again, crisis. The whole thing's, exactly, the whole thing's a constitutional crisis. What difference does it make? And we mm. know we've talked about at length that you know May's strategy is to get through tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So she just seems don't very good resign. Yeah, just don't resign. Just don't resign. Just and yeah. um, you know and and try try and try and. Um, yeah, all of which, without. all of which points towards a disorderly Brexit. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if so you've got the, them on one side, then you've got the political declaration. Yeah, um, which the rumours in Brussels are that it'll just be annotated headings mm. at the moment, um, and that even by the end it might just be a series of offers to the UK. Yeah, if the you know of what will be available. It'll be the, the Barney staircase. Red <laughs> It'll be yeah, Boom, basically the Barney staircase, but in yeah. twenty odd pages. Yeah. Yeah. And they're talking about 20-odd pages again. So what I think they're not talking about is blind Brexit. That seems to be off the table at the moment. You know, there's five or six pages of aspirational fudge. I think they're just going to make it 20-odd pages. Well, I mean, it's it, it, to me, we're, we're just getting lost in semantics now. I mean, you know, what's yeah. what's a blind Brexit? I mean, to me, it's all a blind Brexit. And we've had this discussion before. I mean, yeah. to me, I, I unless it's so detailed and so difficult to reopen... As to make as to make it practically an agreement already, which of course is impossible. And to it me, it's, it's all, never going to be that. Yeah, actually. exactly. So yeah. to me, it's it's all going to be up for uh, review and renegotiation. But the the weird thing is, what I find really weird in this is that May has said that she will not accept anything but a very detailed <sighs> political declaration. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, com- com- well, coming, from, okay. coming from somebody who produced. I mean, what was it she produced? Her government produced that. I mean, when they first started producing their Brexit plans. Oh yeah, and they thought they were very detailed. super detailed. You know, <laughs> yeah, written yeah. on the back of a flipping <laughs> menu at Pizza Hut <laughs> menu. <laughs> yeah, but she's saying it's, that she won't accept anything less than very detailed. Now, this strikes me as, I mean, from her point of view, very bad strategy. If I'd been her, I would have grabbed yeah. grabbed a blind blind Brexit and six pages of fudge with open arms mm. and then said, well, the, al- the alternative, the alternative's no deal. And, but I think the, my big worry at the moment, I've been thinking about this for most of this week, my big worry at the moment is, as we've seen with the Labour MPs, that the Tory whips claim that they've gone on side, um, there are enough MPs who will be shitting their pants. I mean, the whole point of Operation Shit Your Pants with the no deal scenarios was to make MPs shit their pants and vote for whatever government or deal the government brings back. And it worries me greatly that there are enough MEPs that will be scared by that, mm. um, that, that will basically vote for anything that comes. Um, and I think this would be a great shame because they're the, they're the very people that yeah. can make the only alternative not no deal. Well, I've been hearing an interesting rumour around town, which is that... Um the line being taken by the UK to try and extract a detailed political declaration and a deal is, mm. well, you want you want to pin this down now with us because we're the good guys and we're not going to go and uh, wipe out all, uh, renege on all state aid deals. And, you know, what you don't want <laughs> is, is Jeremy Corbyn <laughs> coming in and creating um, an offshore... Socialist Republic with 
I mean, no, <laughs> no, they'll create a Singapore on sea instead. I mean, come on, it's, it's hilarious. The, 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 idea that, the idea that they would surely they're not invoking, come on, trust us, we're the trustworthy ones. Oh, no, I know, it's hilarious. Come on, it? really? After, after, but, the, after the November agreement and going back on the backstop, Jesus. But I suppose the argument is that the people that they're dealing with, I mean, the current commission, for example, is led by um, somebody from the EPP. And a lot of the um, heads yeah, of government yep. are also in, in a normal in, – in the parallel universe where everything's normal, they're all the allies <laughs> of, yeah. of, of this current conservative government. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they're all quite conservative. I mean, they're not all – many of them are quite conservative and would, would look upon um, a change of government in the UK – um, yeah. ushering in a free for all. Well, I think that I think that much more that much more to fear from flashing corporation tax. I think. Yeah. So um, anyway, I mean, these are, the, 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 play, the place is just a, a wash with all sorts of rumours and speculation yeah. and calculations at the moment. And I mean, who knows what's going on? There are very, there's basically going to be about six or seven people in the world right now who know uh, what's yeah. going on. Um, I did. I did see a few a little while ago reports that an emergency inner cabinet meeting has been called for tomorrow in London. Mm. Um, so then again, speculation mounting that um, that means a deal is in the offing. Um, to which my reaction was, um, well, downfall dot avi. <laughs> <laughs> That bunker scene. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That'll be that meeting tomorrow. So anyway, it's all interesting stuff, which will all be overtaken by the time you're listening to this anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, we've probably just wasted yeah. 12 minutes of your life there on, on yeah. that. But, um, yeah, no, it's maybe at least interesting for people to know that we've got no fucking idea what's going on either. <laughs> Is that interesting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It happens to, it happens to everyone, even the, even the sharpest, keenest, hot take correspondence. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we are. So, we're, we're, how far into the podcast are we, Steve? Because we haven't actually got. To- <laughs> we're, we're over an hour, and we haven't done the theme yet. I, I, I wonder if we should just go straight to lie of the week. Yeah, I think I think we should go to lie of the week. Should we? Um, should I roll the music? Yeah, yeah. I don't believe you. Liar. So what have we got this week? I believe we've got a couple of corkers, Chris. We have got a couple of corkers. I have to read up and refresh my memory about these absolute stonking lies. So I, 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 I had two. I shortlisted two this week. Um, have we ever first... only, ju- only had one lie of the week? I don't know. Have we? We almost always have more than one. Anyway, that's... It's very yeah. hard. It's usually very hard to pin down. There's so one, much of it about. Well, there's a lot of it about, isn't there? Well, the, my my first great lie this week is a lie that we all tell ourselves. All of us. We're all the yes. liars of the week, and that lie is that um, we British are famous for our sense of humour. <laughs> <laughs> because you look at the reactions this hell. week to Go Flick Central. Oh my God! So not only. 
did everybody lose their shit about Donald Tusk sending in a wryly amusing a little Instagram of a, of a cake? A picture of a cake. It's but a then this of a week, fucking cake. this week, the president of the European Commission, Jean-Claude Juncker, did a little dance when he was yeah. giving a speech. It was just a little, because there was music and it hadn't stopped. The, so and he the did music a little, kept like, playing, yeah. yeah so, he was like, for so he did a little dance. Because yeah. that's and what leaders do now. they lost their shit. <laughs> they absolutely lost it. The, the Tories just, it was, it was hilarious, <laughs> the handbags on show from all these people. Jeez, oh. No... No wonder the we had to leave. How dare they nation disrespect and, our, yeah. our leader, the, the leader who she's had disrespected herself. She's not the queen, herself. by the way. She's not the head of state. No. She's the prime minister. The prime minister, the leader of the Conservative Party, who had made an absolute exhibition of herself at the party conference by doing this ridiculous stage dance to ABBA. <laughs> well, I tweeted, if you don't want to be mocked for doing a silly dance before... Uh, before you, before a speech, I'd advise you not to do a silly dance before yeah, a speech. Yeah, yeah. So, but also she'd been being mocked by. But this is it, isn't it? It's mocking by foreigners. Exactly. That's what they can't take. No, no, no. Because she'd been because she'd been mocked by half the population of, of the UK for a week yes. over this. You know. Hence, hence it's the, for, it's the foreigners, yeah. isn't it? The, hence, the, hence, yeah. the, hence the lie of the week. It's 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 a shocking lie that the British tell themselves that they've got a fantastic sense of humour because you know what you know the British they can may put it out, but they don't like it back. Oh, eh? Do not like it back. No, no, they 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 they're quite happy um, making jokes about other people, and it, most of it's not even funny. I and mean, they're not actually making jokes; they're just being generally just incredibly rude and sort of saying that the EU's like the USSR and. Uh, well, no, but I think you have to. I think you have to put it in perspective of. Yeah, you have to put it in the perspective of the UK foreign minister having said that the EU is like the 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 the, the Soviet Union, and compare that to. <laughs> You're doing a little <laughs> for the president of the commission doing a little dance for literally like three seconds, you know, because just just compare the two, compare. Um, compare it with compare the the cake picture with the foreign secretary at the time referring to commission officials as like Nazi commandants, mm-hmm. Na- yeah, and just compare the level, you know, compare the level mm. of the level of uh, offence that's 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 going on here, you know, um, and <laughs> he did a little dance and they lost their shit, yeah, and these people. But we've said this before, they cannot bear being mocked. No. Eh? It's the one thing they can't bear, and that's why we should mock them. Exactly. And, and you know, um, there are many lies that the British tell themselves. Um, so you, we, we've talked before about how important it is in negotiations to do various things like um, keep you know, maintain trust, build goodwill. Um, but another really important thing it is, it is to be honest yeah. uh, with yourself and about yourself and to be truthful about um, what your objectives are and what your mm-hmm. needs are and where, where, where things are. So this whole sort of truth thing is quite important. And I think I think the British, I mean, it, it also speaks to the whole exceptionalism yeah. um, thing. Now, the British, I mean, I, I don't, it's not okay to, to, to fool yourself into thinking that you're really cool guys who can take a joke and then you can't take a joke. I mean, come on. Yeah. I yeah. mean, look. You know, I'm I'm I proud of British comedy, anyway. but you know, let's not exaggerate. We're not the only ones in the world with a sense of humour, and sense of humour extends beyond just you know being able to produce the odd decent com- comedy sketch routine uh, on TV. Yeah, you know, yeah, you've got exactly, to, yeah. Come on. So it, there are a number of lies 
like this that the British tell about them. So, but it's like that. It's like, you know that thing that used to float around? There was this chart um, that had what Brits say. Yes, what, and what they mean. What, you, what Europeans yeah. think they mean yeah. and yeah. what they actually yeah. mean. Yeah. And this is true. The reason they got this, this, got, this, got, this floated around endlessly for years on end was it was completely true that, you know, when a Brit says you must come over for dinner sometime, mm-hmm. uh, the person they're saying that to thinks, oh, Right, let's get our diaries yeah. out and decide on a date. Yeah. And the Brit is horrified by this and yeah. saying, well, I wasn't actually inviting you yeah. to dinner. I was just kind of being pleasant, yeah. you know? Exactly. And yeah, it's right back to yes, minister. And, yeah. you know, yeah. that's a very interesting proposal means it's probably illegal. Yeah. You know? Well, I, it's an, it's, I, I appreciate that aspect of the culture in which I grew up, um, in a way. I kind of like that um, there's a code <laughs> and then you have to be able to parse it and it's arcane. I mean, it's nice, but... You know, but come on, guys, quite, let, let's, let's not exaggerate. You know, we don't have um, the best sense of humour in the world. Um, we have a sense of humour, and so does everybody else. And sense of humour also entails being able to laugh at yourself and take and take it when others dish it out. But and there are other lies. There's the, uh, there's the lie that we have a stiff upper lip, because we very yeah. evidently do not have a stiff upper lip, <laughs> given very by the reactions to, to Juncker. And, you know, all these other lies about... Um, the lies we tell ourselves about, oh, we, you know, I had this, somebody did this to me this week. Um, how could the oldest, oldest continuous democracy in the world fail to be able to legislate its own um, car crash safety <laughs> legislation? And I'm like, <laughs> what, Iceland? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then there's the whole, you know, special relationship and that other cozy little lie that we like to tell ourselves we all know that we're not we don't have a special relationship with the americans or at least if it is a special relationship then it's one of many you know and we actually do you know what the uk does have a number of special relationships uh, in 27 of them in fact um that we're busy torching so um anyway there you go Steve. that was that was the first lie of the week um, <laughs> that's the corking lie of the week that's um, very good let's do the second though, which is the actual winner this week. Yes. Owen Patterson. Owen Patterson. Owen Patterson, who actually I don't think we've done him before, but Owen Patterson. He's escaped our ire somehow, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he's um, he's um, hardcore ERG, uh, full-on ranting yeah. uh, Brexit of the First Order. But he's been under our radar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Under, uh, under our radar masquerader. Well, this yeah. week he. Oh, that's terrible. Um, this week he had came out with this absolute <laughs> corking, corking oh, argument. Out. His argument is that. Um, Just listen. read it out. It's, it's got its own. It's got its own incredible beauty. Just read it out. All right. Remain campaigners made it abundantly clear to voters that backing leave meant leaving the single market, including potential trade barriers, paying tariffs, and even reverting to WCA rules. So. 17.4 million voters did not fear abandoning the single market membership. This is what he's saying. He's saying, we knew what we were voting for. Everybody knew that they were voting to leave the single market because Remain campaigners told them so. Because Remain campaigners right? did. He, so the people that they said were lying, Owen Patterson, the people should have believed. Owen but, only Patterson, the, but only in this one respect. Listen, well. listen, listen. Owen Patterson... Um, so I have a number of things to say about Owen Patterson. Firstly, Google Owen Patterson Project Fear. Owen Patterson, we were talking about gaslighting earlier. Owen Patterson has form on <laughs> accusing Remainers of spreading lies and disinformation through Project Fear. 
He accused us of Project Fear all the way along. For him to now to turn around and say, oh, yeah, but you said that we were going to leave the single market, therefore everybody believed you. When he has been busy for the last two and a half years telling everybody that we're liars and that we're spreading Project Fear, that's a bit fucking rich. But I'm not finished, Steve. And also, actually, we didn't say that one. No. The Prime, the prime Minister, uh, the big thing is that Cameron said that. I didn't say that. Hang on. I've, I've also said in the single market. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's a less important point, I think, than the one more you importantly, made. Sorry, yes. <laughs> more importantly, can you, can you guess who, who might have said, which senior figure in Vote Leave might have said that the only realistic option is to stay within the EEA agreement, i.e. the single market? Can you think who that might have been? The Dan Hanan. Uh, it, that, so he did he sort had of say said, that as well, actually. Dan Hannan said, nobody's talking nobody's about leaving the single market. Owen Patterson, MP, <laughs> said, <laughs> the only realistic option is to stay within the single market. The only realistic option is to stay within the EAA agreement, therefore the single market. Oh, but Remain campaign has told you that you were going to leave the single market. Therefore, you voted to leave the single market. This is precisely gaslighting. This is exactly yeah. gaslighting, actually. This is almost a definition of gaslighting. Yeah. So yeah. He's, I, I, I look upon that as being dishonesty of the first order, and therefore he is our liar of the week. Oh, that might be, that might be a lie of the month, actually. It's up there, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's combined with gaslighting, which is our word of the week. So that's yeah. a double whammy. Yeah. Steve. Okay. Well, well, there's a question over next week because um, next week will be... Council week. Council week. Well, m- more importantly, we normally record on Wednesday night, and Wednesday night, while we're recording, will be the dinner at which heads of, heads of state and government discuss uh, whether to agree a withdrawal agreement or not, potentially. Um, so I don't know what we should do. Maybe we should do, an, maybe we should do like Romaniacs and do an emergency park cast on Thursday. With the non-news, we could do. We could record those lunchtime. Yeah, or we could record in real time. We'd stay up all night and record. <laughs> no, we're not going to record. Do that. In, record the news in real time. Um, no. Yeah, you have to go to work, so we, we can't do that. Um, but yeah, we'll be back at some point next week. Yes, because um, next week's going to be a big week. So, yeah, indeed. And we've got no idea what'll happen. Nope. So, Jeopardy. If you, tuned, if you tuned in, hoping for an explanation of what's going to happen, go and read Ian Dunn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Ian Dunn did a brilliant uh, five-minute summary. It wasn't five minutes by any means, but yeah. a, a brilliant sort of a, attempted simplification of where we're at and what the possibilities are. And it was very, very good. I certainly learned from it. So, yeah. recommend that to anyone. Absolutely. Cool. Great. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, sorry if we were a bit spaced and tired this week, or at least I was. Um, and we'll hope to be back on uh, our usual form next week. Absolutely. Or I will. And uh, yeah, watch the news. Let's see what happens. Yeah. God bless and good luck. Yeah. Stay safe. (laughs) Bye bye. Good night. Good night.